I know not not many things make Jim Johnson angry. I've never seen him lose it, but but I just found out, so I have to tell the world. Jim Johnson, what did you just tell me about the Shackleton Expanse book? Uh, it's a beautiful book. We're here to talk about it today, in fact. And and what 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 pissed you off? Uh, okay, Michael. Well, so the, I I love the Shackleton book, of course, and and the one thing that that still eats at me is that um, Modiphius was, was working on developing some collector's edition products for Dune and some other lines. And um, it, they were really starting to develop those right at the tail end of us doing the layout for Shackleton. Like we were about to go into production, we were just finalizing it. And, uh, and I had that moment of like, oh, is there any chance we could squeeze in a, a, a collector's edition version of the Shackleton book just to make it you know something new for Star Trek Adventures and make it available. And, and we just we just ran out of time. We had like a two week window where it could have maybe happened with the, all the graphic bandwidth and all the graphic backlog that we had going on at the time. And it just could not fit it in. And it's like, I, I had the idea in my head to make it a really nice leatherette with the um, with Narendra Station on the cover. And uh, we just ran out of time and I was like, oh, and that's the, that's the one thing that frustrated me the most about doing the Shackleton book of, of all things I, is that we just couldn't get a collector's edition out of it. And um, you know what I can envision too, just because of the design of this, of this ship here, I can, I can yeah. picture myself feeling it. Like maybe it had a like embossed raised feel that would have been mm -hmm. awesome. Oh, well. You know, we, we actually did that on the, uh, on the Starfleet collector's edition. Like if you, if you have the one that has the Enterprise on the cover, uh, from the from the board cube, if you look at that cover, it actually has a spot uh, spot gloss varnish on the front cover for the windows. So yeah. if you look at the yeah, if you look at the windows, the windows are glossy. Uh, so there's actually a spot varnish on that cover that makes it uh, just a little a little different than the uh, than the flat matte on the regular Starfleet version. Gives it that 3D feel, you know. Again, yeah. impressed. We have been talking at other times about how there's a collector's market, you know, out here for for RPGs. Of course, yeah. PDFs make them accessible to everyone, which is totally mm -hmm. awesome. But um, we constantly talk about the quality of the books, and one of the books we're talking about today and featuring on continuing conversations is the Shackleton Expanse. We did a chapter by chapter of the Game Master's Guide. We did a chapter by chapter of the Player's Guide. And by popular demand, and because there's so much buzz out there in the Star Trek Adventures RPG uh, universe right now, we're going to do the chapter chapter of the Shackleton Expanse. For those awesome. of you who are, who are just tuning in for the first time, um, I'm Michael Dismuke. I'm a freelance writer for Star Trek Adventures RPG, and also one of the many brilliant bloggers on Continuing Missions, which is the number one fan site for uh, Star Trek Adventures RPG last year, almost uh, 500,000 views, 80,000 visitors. Jim Johnson, introduce yourself, Jim Johnson. I am Jim Johnson. I am the project manager and line editor for Modiphius Entertainment's Star Trek Adventures RPG, and uh, super excited to be here. Fantastic. So let's just jump in. Um, we know Shackleton Expanse uh, came, came out early last year 2021 right was it that has it been that long ago or was it 2020 i'll look at the oh front gosh. cover of the book and tell you oh my gosh covid oh, yeah. covid covid has completely screwed up my uh my timeline i think it came out 
Yes, it came out last fall, 2021. It was 2021. I looked at the front yeah. jacket. And, and yeah. for those of you who know Star Trek Adventures, um, it was torture for four years as we waited for this thing mm. to come out. <laughs> because it all started with the Living Campaign, which was the introductory uh, stories to, to and adventures uh, to get us into Star Trek uh, RPG and it left us hanging and it took four years to come out to get this beautiful Shackleton Expanse guide. What's your excuse for this, Jim? I'm putting you on the spotlight. What's your explanation? <laughs> What's the explanation for it taking so long? Yes. Uh, I mean, it was a lot of, it was a lot of factors. I mean, we took a break in early 2019 when the first season finished. And uh, honestly, it was, uh, it was mostly workload. Like, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize that for the most part, if, if you don't count all the freelancers, I, I'm a freelancer. If you don't count all the other freelancers, Star Trek Adventures, it pretty much has a staff of one, right? One person responsible for the majority of it. And that's this, this guy. And <laughs> this guy has a day job and a family and uh, a lot of products on the, on the, on the, uh, on the developmental sheet that I'm responsible for. And, um, uh, this was in our on our radar. The Shackleton book was on our radar for a long time, and there was just other books ahead of it to work on. It was uh, the Gamma Quadrant book, the Delta Quadrant book, and then uh, and then the Klingon Core book came up too. And plus, the, the we were still developing the Tricorder book, right? We were going through revision cycles on that when we did the Klingon book. So there was just a lot of stuff. That, that I, guess I'll give you, I guess I'll give you a pass. <laughs> I guess I mean, you, you don't have to, but it's if I could clone myself, it would make things a whole lot easier. But haven't figured out how to do that yet. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, so let's let's break this book down. You know, there's so many goodies in it. One of the yeah. questions I sometimes hear when I'm on social media is, is, is it worth getting? Is it is it a replica of the core rule book? So give us the introductory breakdown. What is the Shackleton Expanse campaign guide? Yeah, so the the Shackleton Expanse came. It's not a not a redo of the core book, but what it is is it it takes all the content from the Living Campaign that we had available for free online. And in fact, it's still available for free online if you want to go get it on the website. Um, we we had done we had taken a shot when the game launched in 2017. We were trying to do a Living Campaign where we would we would write an adventure and send it off to the world, and the game masters and players would play it, fill out a survey, send us back the survey, and then we would you know take that survey feedback and then develop the next adventure that was the theory anyway the reality is a production schedule does not hold up to that at all because like we we couldn't afford to wait for surveys to come in because we had to get the next one written and out the door and plus we had you know cbs approvals had to happen somewhere in there and so eventually it got to the point where like there was just no way we could uh, incorporate the player feedback into the stuff that we were developing because we had to get ahead of the, we had to get ahead of the curve in terms of like development and releasing. So I think it was a great idea. I think um, where we were at the time, uh, not just Modiphius, but just, you know, Star Trek at the time, we just weren't, we didn't have the experience to really do a living campaign justice. You know, maybe we'll do it again someday. I really don't know. That's a lot of work. It was uh, an auspicious attempt. Yeah. Well, but, and now, and now there's yeah. actually so much, what I've learned from watching players play and GMs GM, mm -hmm. People take the modules and put them in all kinds of different orders that really fit their mm -hmm. campaign. It's impossible. I would think it's actually impossible to do a living campaign that meets everyone's needs exactly. Right. But there's such a wealth of material. And, and as we're going to get into, uh, as we talk about this book, 
this is such a foundation and a template for amazing stories. It's okay. I, you, you've been forgiven, Jim, by everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that. Here's the uh, official, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> so so but to, let's... But, but, but to wrap up, though, so so the Shackleton Experience, so it's it's all the living campaign adventures. There was, there was 17 living campaign adventures. We took all that stuff and incorporated it into the book. Some of it was revised. Like four of the adventures survived as full-length adventures. All the rest of the living campaign adventures that you can get for free online have been reformatted and reimagined as one-page mission briefs, which I know you love the mission briefs. Um, but then in addition to, to that, we added just a ton of content about the setting, the station, the NPCs, uh, four new uh, four new original species that inhabit the Shackleton experience. So, you know, the 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 16 or 17 adventures that we have in the in the the living campaign was like what maybe 80 or 90 pages or something. I don't remember the exact page count. And this this book is 320 pages. And I, I couldn't go much further because I just had to stop <laughs> at some point. It was like it just got it got bigger and bigger and bigger. The the years rolled on and the more content I wanted to add to it. And and I was reminded uh not so not so ungently that uh there's a certain point when a book gets so big that it doesn't become cost effective anymore, right? <laughs> so, like, I mean, if you look at this book compared to the um the core rule book, it's almost the same size as the core rule book, right? It's yeah. only few pages shorter so so like this is a massive massive pile of work and um it's a great it, undertaking i i would be yeah. wrong if i also didn't mention the lead writers which are derek tyler attico kelly fitzpatrick yourself scott pearson and dayton ward i mean these are heavy hitters in star trek this they've written uh including yourself have done strange new world companions we know scott pearson is the lead editor for shyman and schuster we've had him on the show before dayton ward is the premier one of the premier novelists for Star Trek line. So so this is no joke story in here. I want to tell people that um, by the time they finish playing these games, they're going to have their own epics on their hand, which I thought Absolutely. was really cool. Yeah. Good. Let's jump into it. Okay. Let's in the introduction. Uh, it goes over, of course, the supplement structure. The reason we want to do this for you game masters out there or players who want to tell your game masters that you want to play this is to give you an idea chapter by chapter of what the book is um, mm -hmm. to whet your appetite for it. Um, the introduction, uh, just as a quick review, um, talks about entering the Shackleton Expanse, and this is a new region of space. Give us a little blurb again about where the Shackleton Expanse is located, Jim. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. So the Shackleton Expanse is a, is a section of the Beta Quadrant, often the, off the distance. Uh, it's, it's like on the edge of the map, basically. Uh, not super close to anything, but you know, reasonably close to Romulan space, Klingon space, and Federation space. So, like all three polities are are kind of near it ish, and uh, it, it's a region of the Beta Quadrant that we, you know, Scott and uh, Dayton made up whole cloth at, at the very beginning of the development of the game. And CBS uh, read their outline, and they were like, uh, CBS said, "Okay, go do what you want with it. Go have fun. It's not canon, so." You know, wow. go crazy. And that's, that's what nice we did. To be given a whole swath of space to own. Must yeah. be nice. CBS just dishing out regions Thanks. and sectors <laughs> of space. <laughs> I, I liked um, that the placement that they chose was kind of a on the furthest edges of the Federation Galactic East, I'll call, mm -hmm. call it. But you're kind of squoozed right in between the Romulan Empire and the Klingon Empire. So mm -hmm. anybody who knows Star Trek knows that that automatically throws you into some action adventure because yeah. you're going to be competing for land basically mm -hmm. or competing for space against those two very powerful empires so i thought that's a very precarious position to be in mm -hmm. yeah 
Cool. So that's just a base introduction. I want to uh, focus. Uh, let's jump into chapter two because I want to show the highlights of this of this chapter. Again, I I'll say to everybody who picks up the book, we don't have time to go through all the cool sidebars. There's so many Easter eggs in here, which we've talked about in other shows. But uh, why don't you give us an overview of chapter two? Your highlights, Jim. Oh, uh, chapter two. That's all about the Shackleton Expanse, right? Yeah. So it's. Uh... We, we drop some uh, some information in here about what your characters likely know about the Expanse as of the, the Next Generation era. Of course, the original series era, you might, you might know a little bit less, but it's really up to the Game Master and the players to kind of like dial in how much you know or don't know about the Expanse. We, we left that pretty flexible. Uh, so chapter two, it starts off with the, with the quote-unquote known history of the Expanse. So assuming, you know, your characters are going to go be assigned to the Expanse, here's what they probably know or, or have heard about. Uh, secondhand or maybe firsthand or whatever, uh, kind of uh, setting the the stage kind of like, we, we, you know, we very carefully set this up as a sandbox setting. Like, here's a setting, go crazy, you know, take all this cool stuff and go do something with it. And um, as a game uh, so, master who's who's been using this book, of course, yeah. I love it because I'm able to read sections and excerpts to my players to form the picture. I don't have to sit there and world build mm-hmm. as much, which is really nice. You know, I may make a couple of tweaks here and there, but yeah. actually just grabbing these paragraphs and reading them out loud or cut and pasting since I play in Discord has mm-hmm. been an immense help to creating this really rich environment. So I really like yeah. that introductory chapter there. Yeah, yeah. So we just could kind of give you an overview of the of what's going on in the Expanse. Uh, and then we go into the station itself. Narendra Station was really imagined to be kind of the DS9 of the Shackleton Expanse, where we wanted to have a station that could be kind of like the central hub of operations for your group. Like you get assigned to the station and then you go off to explore the Expanse, or maybe you patrol the Romulan neutral zone or the Klingon neutral, or not not the Klingon neutral zone, I guess, but uh, you know, whatever. Um, So I wanted to provide uh, enough information about the station in this chapter to make it a good jumping off point for, for game masters and players to go have fun with. Um, but not so much detail that you felt constrained by, oh, well, on level 17 is this, and level 18 is this, and level 19 is this. Because yeah, I, I could have spent 300 pages just talking about the station if, and going into my new detail, right? But I wanted to leave that to the to the groups and the players and the game masters to make it their own. And in fact, we we intent I intentionally built in to the fact that this station was a joint operation between the Klingons and the Federation to build the station. But the Galleria, which is one of the big levels of the station, is where all the uh, local and not so local uh, traders and merchants and spies and ne'er do wells and whatever came into the Galleria, and they and they rapidly discovered that uh, you know that that the station was modular and that and that bulkheads could be moved, and so like they made the Galleria their own. So it's like this huge hodgepodge of uh, you know galactic uh, diversity, even more so than what the Promenade was on DS9, right? Because of course the Promenade was. Uh, uh, a Cardassian station, very Cardassian in design. Although you see the banners and you see the different decorations and stuff that they put up in DS9, um, but I, the gallery, I just wanted to imagine it as a much more colorful, vibrant, you know, amazing thing where anything could be happening in all the different corners of it. Well, correct me if I'm wrong too. This is out of all the material out there um, from published by Modiphius on Star Trek mm-hmm. Adventures. This is the most expansive detail of a station, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to just show it for those. Uh, I'll, I'll describe what I'm showing um, for those who are just listening to the audio cast. But 
I, I'm in love with the diagram of the interior of the station and the different mm. levels. And like you said, you left it open enough yeah. um, with descriptions of each section so that everyone can make it their own. So mm -hmm. game masters, have fun. Don't worry about being exact. Make it your own. Get over yep. that hurdle so you can start playing the game. But I love if you take time to read. I'll try to zoom in a little bit here. Mm -hmm. If you look, all of these different sections are outlined here where the defensive shield generator is or where the Federation diplomatic office is likely to be um, mm -hmm. quarters, Klingon training facilities. And then it, at the bottom part, this is all on um, the page of the diagram. Again, there's numbers for each section. So you could easily use this map for a player and use this yeah. as a playing guide. Like they're moving from 15 to 23. I mean, it, the detail put into this was amazing. I have yet, because we're on a ship, been able to explore the station fully, but I'm dying to just because of this. And I, I just, the art, whoever put this together just blew my mind. Well, uh, hat, hat tip to, uh, to uh, the uh, incomparable Rick Sternbach, who mm. was uh, gracious enough to put that graphic together for us way back when, when we did the Beta Quadrant Source book, uh, which is one of the first supplements we did back in 27, 2018, I guess. Um, we we put in uh, about four four pages worth of content into the Beta Quadrant book about Shackleton. That was kind of the, it, that was almost the embryonic beginning of the Shackleton Expanse campaign guide because uh, I was able to drop in paragraphs about some of the key NPCs, a little bit more about the setting, uh, some sidebars. And uh, and Rick was gracious enough to uh, to develop this graphic for us that we dropped into the, Beta Quadrant book, and then we added, of course, of course I was going to use it, right? Why would I not use his work, right? right? And uh, brought it in here, and I think you're absolutely right. There's just enough detail to make it uh, useful, and there's enough great big open spaces that a game master and a player could fill with whatever they want. Yeah, I mean, my mind just sits there staring at it, creating stories, just looking at the yeah. diagram, so I love stuff like that total, yeah. total sandbox there um and again one of the things i liked was that it was detailed by level the interior layout with just enough to really get the imagination going and let players be like hey where would you be hanging out most of the time i love asking mm -hmm. questions like that to my players mm -hmm. once giving them a layout like this anything yeah. else that you uh liked about this particular part of chapter two about the chapter about the station uh, you know i i did try to make an effort because we we did take the opportunity finally because we didn't have the opportunity when we were developing the living campaign to talk about the NPCs on the station, which I, on the one hand is kind of an oversight, but on the other hand, there just wasn't a place to fit them in into the adventures that we were developing. Um, so finally, we got to the detail all the all the key NPCs that are on the station. And in this chapter, I wanted to make sure we're to, to point out like where you were likely to find them. Like, you know, a, a Master Chief uh, a Tyne is usually on the, uh, on the hangar deck. So I wanted to just make sure that they were mentioned in these paragraphs here just so that if you're a group of players and you're wandering around the uh the sciences level who are you going to run into of course you're going to run into dr tolliver because that's where that's where that's her domain basically right so i wanted to just drop in those names and then we were we made sure to put page references in there so that you could go look at the npc descriptions later on in the book yeah you should mention that that's one of the cool things about the pdf is that you can click on the page reference and it zips you right there so i do appreciate that design yeah. design note also all right so that's the station again we could spend all day talking about the station uh section 2.3 talks now about in a very general way the shackleton expanse known worlds and locations and i love general cargan who is of course the klingon representative on the ranger station the quote there the expanse contains thousands and thousands of planets, all surely ripe for the picking. 
or I was about to say plucking and that would have been wrong picking. So, so um, talk to us about this chapter on known worlds and locations. Yep. So this was a, an opportunity to kind of, uh, you know, mine all of the existing uh, living campaign adventures and some of the mission briefs that we started to develop specifically for this book. And, and I picked out some of the worlds that were, would probably be known to player characters heading to the expanse for the first time or our worlds that they would encounter fairly early on if they if their game master made use of some of those mission briefs and stuff. Uh, so we just started dropping in uh, some of the worlds that are relevant to um, to the Expanse, the Shackleton Expanse, Antenna Ranger Station. Um, and then uh, hopefully, you know, a game master could read one and go, oh, that could be cool. I'm going to go use that. Or uh, could raise some curious questions or it could just be inspirations for stories or whatever. Uh, so it's just a, a kind of a starting point to... Uh, to start dropping in some plot hooks. It was exciting. You know, I had played back through the original Living Campaign before. And then when this came out, seeing places we had already visited and seeing mm -hmm. it a little bit more expanded, that was really cool. It made me yeah. want to go back to a couple of places. If they still exist, one of the planets got destroyed. I won't tell you which one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, this takes us exactly over to the danger of the Shackleton Expanse, which is the chapter on spatial phenomena. I have to give a yep. shout out to Aaron Paul Yeh. Absolutely. Um, not only did he write this chapter, but I have the privilege he plays in our game. So when I really want to get into the science of it, I just let him go. Yep. And he and his character is the chief science officer. And I, I can't tell you how much I really appreciate how dangerous and treacherous the Shackleton expanse is. What's your take on it, Jim? Yeah, and, and, yeah I'm 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 uh, alternately jealous. Well, I'm, I'm jealous that he's in your game, but. Uh... I mean, that's just got to be really cool to just like, okay, I need a techno babble thing, throw it at him and just see what he does with it. Because that's exactly what I did with this chapter. I said, uh, Aaron, I'm going to give you this whole chapter to write <laughs> and just just hit 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 me with all the science that you know about spatial phenomena, how they could be dangerous or or lethal to uh, Starfleet or, or just Starship crews in general, and just pack this thing full of really cool stuff. And uh, I think he I think he delivered in in spades because he came up with some really neat stuff. I think he regrets it because I really have tortured his crew with these things. <laughs> so he's like, I'm like, hey, you wrote the rule, bro. You wrote the rule. But uh, we, we, we've so far encountered the endurance divide, the Shackleton pinwheel, too many gravimetric and tetrionic eddies to count. And um, I, I just have to say, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm a geek, but I'm definitely not an uber geek. Um, and when it comes to science, I can techno babble, but I'm actually getting an education where I actually have to Google some of this stuff just to get a, mm. you know, just, it, I'm not trying to intimidate anyone. I'm just saying I love it and I love delving into there's so much wonder in space. And it's so easy as a game master to run out of creative things to come up with if you don't mm. study astronomy. And this section is a study in astronomy and in science fiction. Um, and the mix of the two. So I'm always trying to delineate which is which when I'm reading the chapter. So very mm -hmm. fun chapter. Um, I, I like also that it explained about the navigational hazards. So it helps you paint a picture of, of the setting for the Shackleton Expanse campaign, um, which is so different than any other area of space. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Okay, that, was, that oh, go ahead. Mm -hmm. I was going to say just uh, one thing I do appreciate about this chapter is um, even if you're not running the campaign the Shackleton campaign if you look at this chapter and if you're if you know if you got a crew and you want to throw a really interesting spatial anomaly or thing at them you can just pull one of them right out of here and just drop them a good I mean it's not going to hurt anything right but if you want to give them the 
you know, hit them with the the um, Ember Sector or the Tikal Nursery or something. Just you know, take that those two or three chap those two or three paragraphs out of this chapter and just you know use that and uh, and just have fun with it. So uh, you you can yeah. you can cut and paste as much as you you know as much as you want. All this time, I never asked Aaron how he even comes up with this stuff. I really, I, I got to ask him, like, you know, what'd you drink, bro? Because this is really good stuff here. Awesome. Okay, well, that is chapters one and two. Uh, next time, you know, we're going to get more into uh, chapter three. We're going to talk about these new characters that were created, especially just for the Shackleton Expanse. And I know we have a dream that one day one of these characters might show up on a real Star Trek show. So we'll talk about that a lot more. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, and uh, good. Uh, we want to keep with tradition also. Um, shout out to the brick and mortars out there who are supporting RPG in all forms and fashion. And so this one that's going to come from Thomas Wesley Moore, and he shouts out Blue Ox Games in Greenville, North Carolina. Hey, that's where my sister's from, North Carolina. Awesome. So uh, shout out to Blue Ox Games. Who do you got to shout out, Jim? Uh, well, since we're talk talking about Shackleton, I think I'm going to um, give a shout out to uh, to Dayton and Scott. I think when they uh, when they when I brought them on board into uh, Modiphius working on the game way back in 2016, yeah, 2016, and they wrote the uh, the outline for the uh, Living Campaign. I don't think they had any idea that it would turn into this. So uh, I am grateful for all the work that they did on it, and grateful that they they were willing to work on this book. So, shout out to both of them for being good friends for a long time and and being great writers and imaginative Star Trek uh, fiction fictioneers. Uh, so uh, that's my shout out for the, for this uh, episode. Loving it, loving it, loving it. All right, everyone. Till next time, IDIC. Live long and prosper. Be well. Be safe. Be bold. <laughs>